Hello, welcome back to the Waiting Game podcast. My name is Nechama Safin, and thank you so much for joining us. This podcast is a candid and open conversation where we discuss everything and anything relating to Shadokim dating and finding yourself and your life partner. The conversation is likely to go off in all different directions, and we hope that you enjoy listening in. Um, thank you so much for coming on and being willing to share some of your story. Yes, it's a pleasure to be on, Mr. Tuffin, and I'm very excited to uh, share my uh, my uh, expertise on many subjects. And, okay, so uh, just background, I've known Moshe for a number of years, and we met um, through Shidduch, like meetings, Shadchan meetings, and I've always found Moshe to be very intelligent and emotionally aware and i find his thought process to be um, considerate and thoughtful towards others and i always appreciated his perspective so i invited him to come on to give us a male perspective on the shidduch scene and the last week we heard from one of the young ladies and now we're going to kind of turn it over and get from the male perspective because a lot of our audience is um male between the ages of you know 20 and 30 um about half of our audience were were men looking young men looking for more inspiration and information regarding dating so Moshe, um if you don't mind can you please share something that you've learned about yourself through the dating process oh okay yes so um a little bit of a background i started dating let's say five years ago so well, if I haven't been in the Parsha for millennia, I've certainly been in the Parsha and had my fair share of experiences. So it definitely uh, um, would be um, would be happy to share some of it with you. So um, what was the question again? The question is, what have you discovered about yourself through the dating process? You know, like starting five years ago, let's say Moshe five years ago and Moshe today, where have you grown? What have you learned? What have you tweaked and changed? Are you more um, focused on what you're looking for? Are you more open-minded? Like, like what has shifted? Right, right. I got you. Okay. So, um, let's see. Where do we start off with this? Um, certainly, there's a certain level of, if you're coming from, uh, well, I was in Yeshiva before I started dating. So coming from like um, a yeshiva perspective, like you think uh, dating is going to be relatively easy because although whilst I wasn't in like necessarily systemized, but there is a certain level, Shadokhan does feel kind of systemized. So when, you, when, you, um, when you're going from a yeshiva system and you're transferring over a little bit into like the, the, the Shidduch Parsha within the yeshiva system, it feels kind of systemized. So in, in that sense, meaning that, you know, you're essentially doing what everyone else is doing, Maybe you're contacting the same Shadchanim. Um, you know, every you know, there's definitely there's definitely what to follow, and it's, there's definitely a path that's already been trudged by many many people. But okay. as you get older, what? Yeah, this is this is good. I mean, I, we love hearing from the yeshiva guy perspective. All right, so this is how I was. Um, yeah, I'm talking from my perspective. Not everyone's coming straight from a, a yeshiva like I wasn't to right. Shadchanim, but. Um, but um, at least I can talk for people that have had that that did. So, uh, but I'm not going to talk for anyone else. I'm just talking for myself. So, uh, uh, what's it called? So, um, so I started off like that, and I'm saying as look as the years go by, just to really summarize it a bit, 
um, you, you kind of, you like, you kind of like involuntarily end up leaving the system because Shaduchim is a lot of times involved around where you are in the moment. And you're not, as you get older, you know, you aren't necessarily in yeshiva dorms anymore. You aren't, um, you know, you're not necessarily learning a, a full seder anymore. You're maybe you're working now. So I was working. So um, you're not in the same crowds anymore. And um, you meet new people that way. And and um, this is not necessarily, you know, what I learned during dating. This is just more how my perspective shifted. So um, I think that answers that a little bit. But um, in, in terms of what I've learned, well, I've learned many, many things. We'll get into some of those. But um, but um, that would be just more of my perspective in Shadokim, like how it transfers as opposed to more like what caused it to transfer. Are you looking for something different now than you were, let's say, five years ago when you were in the yeshiva full time? Um, well, of course. I think, once again, like a lot of times when you're, at least for me, when I'm in Shadokim, it's reflecting on who I am in the moment I'm looking for. Again, I can't tell you what I'm going to be looking for in three years from now. Well, let's hope you're married, Amir Tashem. <laughs> Hopefully, Amir Tashem. Tashem. But just for the, the purpose of the audience here, um, you don't, a person doesn't know where they're going to be and unless they're, you know, unless they got everything planned to a T. A person doesn't know where they're going to be in, you know, in a year or two years from now, unless, you know, again, they're very, they're very much the planned type. But, um, but it's it's difficult to to say where you're going to be in, in in a given amount of time and how many things change and how many things shift 100%. and even opinions shift. Everything's always changing. But um, certain things I believe stay the same though. And um, yes, yeah, so those are like your core, let's say, non-negotiables or your core needs. Maybe haven't changed. Um, yes, yes, I would say. So. Would you mind sharing some of what those are, just to kind of give the listeners a chance to kind of see where they're holding in terms of you know is it a need is it a want but something that we had discussed in the past and hearing from you of like your non-negotiables because I feel like when you really know yourself well and you know what works for you those will never you know change they're not going to shift from one year to the next from now to for three years it's going to be the same and they're going to be the same probably throughout your entire marriage and throughout your entire life um like I'll give an example Right, I think it's referring to values, right? Yeah, values, a meaningful life goal, you know, somebody with good midos, hashkafa, like that. Obviously, we, we all hope that we're all going to grow. So that's for sure. Um, you right, know, I what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But, but your core, right, like who you are as your essence of who you are. Yes, we better ourselves. Yes, we try to take on new things and become stronger and better. But your core, like sense of self kind of, is who you are. It's like almost like your nature and who you've developed over the past 27 years and who you became today isn't going to shift that much. You're not going to suddenly get married and become a totally different person. That, that would be scary. No, no, no. Externals. I think what you're saying is also that the externals are shifting, but yeah, the internals, sure. a lot of the internals are staying the same. Exactly, exactly. And we expect that the externals to change. And I, it's funny, I know there's like an old joke of like um, men marry women hoping they'll never change and women marrying men, hoping they will change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a cliche I've heard. Right. But I, I think essentially is we do change and we do shift. And as we become parents, our, our whole focus does change. And everybody will be Zoha and hopefully better and better. 
So what we, what would you say were some of your core needs five years ago, two years ago, now, and forever that you need in a spouse that probably will never change? That I need in a, some of the core needs? I don't know if this represents all guys over here. No, this is, this is from your perspective, <laughs> and people could apply it to themselves if, if it resonates. Sure. Um, well, some of my uh, some of my needs are from looking at um, other people, so I can say that as well. So that okay. two birds with one stone over here. Okay, great. Uh, but um, um, some of the most important things for a guy and myself included is um, definitely a um, somebody who's understanding and non-judgment and non-judgmental are definitely some of the I feel like the top uh, top uh, one of the top things that matter the most. Um, I think a lot of it is the basis for mutual understanding, and then from that, a relationship can grow. But if you if you don't have that, then two people are very much stuck, and they're both in their judgmental ways, and it's just a tug of war. Yeah, that does sound like a recipe for disaster. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a yeah, definitely going rogue. So give me two more non-negotiables, you know, core needs that are going to stay forever. Um, so open communication, I don't know if I, I don't think that, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. hundred percent. might be a little similar to the previous one, but it's a little different in the fact that uh, even if you're saying something that, uh, that doesn't align with the other person, but you're being open about it, being about it, and you're not getting the point across in unhealthy ways. Right. So they say, uh, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. <laughs> the keys to good communication. You know, a great line. Yes, that's great. <laughs> I actually heard that from one of the other singles. It was oh, one of his. Uh, you got something. His to Look, you learn from everybody. I learned that from one of the singles. I'm like, you know what? That's great. I like it. That's a nice. Um, okay, so that one. So good communication. And what's what's the next one? Um, another one. Okay, one second. It's something uh, like an ashkafa, something to do with that along those lines. Ah, uh, talking ashkafa. So. Um... Well, somebody who's growing and in that sense, meaning since we're in the orthodox circles over here, you know, you can be orthodox and not be growing. You can be very satisfied with where you are. And we know that people who are satisfied with where they are are generally heading in an upwards direction. I mean, and they say it's impossible to stay uh, to stay flat. So you're probably heading down. That's could, what they like, say. Yeah, very. It could be very slowly and over time, kind of the way um, give you a really weird example. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day, but there was these aqueducts in Rome that, um, that expanded from, from up in the mountains where the water, where the water would fall all the way to Rome. So that way in Rome, they would have running water and the aqueducts would be on a slight decline and it would take over miles and miles and miles and miles. And right. it would just ever so slowly drop the aqueducts, the, the level that they were from the ground. And eventually, you know, the water would get to Rome and they would have running water. They were like, I think they were the first city to have running water. But anyways, this is water that came from way up in the mountains. And it got all the way down to people's, you know, to the, to the cups, you know, into the cups they were drinking from. So it's essentially the same thing when you're, you know, these, if you're staying flat, you don't know that you're staying flat. You might actually be descending and just you could, you'll only be able to tell after years and years and years. Right, right. So those are those are really good and they're essential needs that I think are universal. So yeah, they apply to you, but I think they apply to you know the men or women looking for their spouse. And so what what's something that we discuss? I know you and I have discussed this, and I've discussed it with pretty much every single that I've ever 
coached um, or, or spoken to in a group setting is finding yourself first, what we call dating yourself before you get married. And maybe even before you start dating is like finding, going through the process of finding out who you are, you know, what makes you tick? What are your triggers? Maybe speaking it out with a professional or a Rebbe or a mentor or Rebbitson or a dating coach and really finding out what would be the best path for you when it comes to a spouse and then start dating. It's almost like, you know, like dating yourself is just like figuring out who you are. Do you feel yeah. like men, and women, like young men and young men, women are both working on it? I know the girls are, but do you think the boys are working on that as much as the girls? Uh, that is a good question. Um, I feel like naturally uh, guys are, there's, okay, so a lot of guys are very introspective, but there are, you know, there is a tendency, I think, for girls to be a little, a little bit more introspective and so on some of these matters. So guys can live yeah, a bit more in the moment, I would say. And just might not be thinking as much in, on, about these things. So it's not that they're doing it on purpose. It's just more that they're, it's just, it's more like, this is just more like a gender difference, I would say, as opposed to anything right. else. I mean, I, just to quote Rabbi Schaefer, what did he say? He says that when do girls start thinking about marriage? When they're 12. When do boys start thinking about marriage? Five years after they're married. It just they're married and that's forced upon them. So. Right. But it's I, obviously he's saying it tongue in cheek, but like, there must be something to it that the like I'll give you an example. Um, I know that when they're like let's say the Shadchan puts on a, a meet the Shadchan event or a Shabbaton, the girls are the first to sign up, or even just a lecture that's even co-ed. So you would think, oh, the boys have a you know a reason to show up. They can maybe meet their bashart there. The girls are signed up immediately. We have to call the boys to chase them down to come to something that's for their benefit. Or like right. a shear, you have a you have a, a dating shear or whatever from a, a of a famous speaker. A hundred girls show up on a Sunday at eleven. Three boys. Like, why is that? <laughs> um, well, there there are a lot of reasons, and I'm sure each case is different. But um, I would say guys are less likely to be enthralled wow. with a with a beautifully designed graphic poster with with the pic with pictures of the speakers highlighted. They just are. Now, why, why is that? Um, well, first off, guys are a bit more independent in the sense that they, I would say, like to do things and think for them, like very much, they're probably a little bit more, they think of their own opinions, I think, slightly more higher than, than girls do theirs. So girls are more likely to communicate, you know, with other people that way. It's almost oh, wow. the same. Wait, just hold, like hold up. Just want just to clarify what you're saying, because I think what you're saying is so smart. You're saying that in general, females talk more, communicate more, care about the opinion of each other, ask for help, ask for directions, you know, ask for assistance more so than male. Like the male brain you're saying is almost like, I got this. I, it comes naturally to, to girls as opposed wow. to guys can work on themselves and become more like that. Although this, there's exceptions, by the way, there are guys that are more like this. And for those guys, they feel very lonely. But it's definitely, definitely more commonplace in girls in their circles as opposed to in guys' circles. In guys, it's more like we have things in common, so we're friends. Like, and then like there, it becomes like a, a friendship. But at the same time, that friendship isn't contingent upon a lot of things that I feel like girls' friendships are contingent upon, you know. But, um, but um, yeah, it definitely. Are you really, are you really, 
I don't know. I think uh, girls listening to this, please pay attention to what Moshe is saying. It's so important. It's not that they don't care as much to better themselves, to learn more about dating, to go to the sheer, to go to the self-improvement. It's just not at the top of their mind the way it is on ours. And they probably maybe, tell me if I'm wrong, do they feel more qualified that it will just happen as opposed to them having to put in the effort because they just believe, as with everything else, that this is kind of like the shit world is maybe a little bit, you know, skewed in favor of males. Do they feel like I don't really have to go to the shop? I don't really have to put in this effort. I have tons of suggestions anyway coming in. I have very many options for dates. Like, why would I need this as opposed to the girls? Maybe just because of, you know, for better, or for worse, this is just what, you know, the situation that we're in and Hashem designed it and he's in charge to change it. But like right now, the girls are not getting as many suggestions as the boys. So do you feel that that has a factor in them showing up and working on themselves to get better and better and better? Because they feel it's their hashtadlus towards getting their husband, as opposed to the men who are like, "Yo, I'm a man. I got my I got my uh, resumes stacked, you know, <laughs> inches high. I'm good." Oh boy, okay. There's a lot to say on this, that's for sure. Um, I, I don't think it's so clear cut. Um, is the shidduch system skewed, skewed? Also, maybe of a matter of personal opinion. I mean, some might say it, it is, and maybe to some extent it is. But really, I feel like the issue we were touching on just before this is just a matter of all guys. And I'm not even talking about guys in Jewish communities. I'm talking about just guys in general, like just from a very biological aspect, like guys are more likely to do things to extremes, meaning, look, it's very unfortunate. But if you look at statistics in the, I don't know, in this country, you'll find that suicides are higher in guys than girls. Nothing to do with, you know, Shaduchim and 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 uh, and and the amount of resumes they have in front of them, it, that has exactly. to do with that has to do with being lonely, being depressed, and. Um, well, and, what you're saying is a step further is actually taking action. Um, what you're saying in terms of? Well, you just you just quoted like a suicide rate is higher than right. men. No, that's right. That's an example, right? So I'm just using that as an example where guys are less likely to be social and and more likely to just mm-hmm. right, just not so, but just be very like. Isolated? No, you would never know. Right. Exactly. More isolated. Interesting. But um like, use talking as like a form of their therapy, of healing, of getting closeness, of feeling better about themselves. A man might not necessarily pick up the phone, not, call a friend. It's not so natural to a lot of guys. Now some guys, yes, maybe it is, but for a lot of guys, no. A lot of guys do feel very isolated. Right. Um, I, mean, that's, I think it's such a good point. One second, I was going to bring it back to um, to Shaduchim and how the, the the system is skewed a bit more towards girls. I would say, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is. Um, because guys do think the extremes. That again, that's more have more to do with biological differences than girls. They're also more likely to go extremely off, and they're also more likely to just to just become complete oddballs in society more so than girls. Girls have more of a tendency to want to be part of something and blend in more guys not as much so you'll see first off that a lot of guys in jewish communities it probably does start off even and maybe the numbers do get less but it's not for the reasons you would think you, you wouldn't it's not exactly an, it's the numbers game it's more of a more like guys are just they they fall off that you know they fall out of the system and they're just not there anymore wow. so this actually brings me yeah go ahead 
there's just less guys now than girls and that hasn't yet does that have to do with there being you know healthy guys out there than girls maybe there are less healthy guys than girls but those guys are like elsewhere in the world doing who knows what they started off somewhere completely different right so obviously we want to use this forum to give chizok to girls and not have them think that the number of guys as they get older are dwindling and it's not just the number elsewhere yeah it's not the number of guys you're saying. It's maybe, and which was kind of a great topic that I'm glad you brought up because it was on the list of questions I had submitted um, from girls that they want to know is what happens to a guy as he gets older? He's out of the yeshiva system. He's working. That seems to be a pattern that they'll get less than their avodas Hashem, less than their you know hashkafically. And yet the girls, you know, out of seminary doesn't mean they're out of touch with Yiddishkeit. They get more from as they get older. Do you find that there's a possibility that there's kind of like a gap between the amount of, we could say emotionally healthy, mentally healthy. That's like a different conversation. But like, just in terms of hashkafa, is it possible that there are less, quote unquote, frummer guys to match with the frummer girls who really are stark and they haven't done anything wrong in their lives. And they're not necessarily looking for somebody who has a, a past or, you know, obviously everybody loves a, a Balchuva story, you know, it's amazing. Right. And they should be, my, my parents are Balchuva and very grateful that they had a, um, they might as well. No, that they had, no, it's just, it's such a different world. Like just to digress for a little bit. Um, just my parents meeting and being new Balchuvas and just loving Torah and Yiddishkeit and just wanting that to raise a large family in a, from, you know, environment and, you know, from community and, you know, having Torah just be the, the light in our lives. It was almost all they needed. I can't even imagine. No, I know I can't. Imagine. I know for a fact, my parents didn't know anything about each other's past and, uh, you know, like what your third grade teacher thought of you or like, you know, there was no research that was done. It was like, do you like the person? Do you like spending time with them? And do you have the same meaningful life goals? Let's get married. It was so simple back then. Yeah, it really was. It really was. So, like, what, what, I mean, obviously, we could discuss for, and I would love to get a perspective maybe from a rabbi who's been in the system for many, many years, maybe somebody in their like 80s. If we can find somebody to interview, please let me know. Wait, I'm looking out my window. I think there might be a guy. Yeah, leave leave a comment if you know somebody who has insight on this. But, like, what shifted to the extent that, like, Shadduchim just became such a difficult path? as opposed to, we'll figure it out as we get married, or, you know, we have the same goals, we're the right age, we're the, we, you know, we like each other, we're attracted to each other, let's, let's raise a family, like, what, like, what, why did it change? I'm a stuff in your honor roll with these good questions. Uh, <laughs> man, that's another good one. Well, you're both the good answer, so it's perfect. You're on a roll with the good answers. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so there's really, this is not, um, this is like, these questions are multifaceted questions. What has changed in the past 50 or 60 years? You know, and the truth is a lot of things have changed besides for society naturally shifting, which naturally it has the culture again, not even in the prune communities. I'm talking prune communities, Baruch Hashem are, are more insulated and, you know, they, they're able to repel some of the advances of these, you know, outside forces. In, you know coming in but but it does as cultures change even with the Goyim it does affect it does affect the Jewish community these things do make their way in so you have the out that outside that outside influence as well I think that has nothing to do. You think it's like Hollywood or just like your neighbors oh no yeah just in society in general Hollywood yeah of course Hollywood and um 
and just everything, technology and everything else that's involving, like has nothing to do with the, you know, with, with, a, with, a, with a person in general, just, just society as a whole I'm talking about. Um, right. and, um, and, and that has had tremendous influence. I'm saying you see people now with, um, they're like, I'm saying now people have, um, what, what, how am I, what am I saying? I'm saying is that, oh yeah, because it becomes not so natural anymore. Uh-huh. Really, a lot of it's yeah. superficiality, and um, and another another point is also a lot of it's um, people used to meet more naturally, and now people are unfortunately, you know, it's again even in Shaduchim, you know, we're trying to get people to to meet, and then everything will hopefully be natural, but that's not always the case. A lot of times, the way the way the whole thing is gone about in a very systemized in a very systemized manner, and it just takes away from the from from the moment a little bit and it, there's a lot of pressure okay so let me just take the other side just from a shotgun point of view and from i guess being on this side and being in like the from shidduch world i think that personally there is so much good with the way the system is set up for from um singles and i'll tell you why okay shoot when you like let's say you met somebody naturally whether it's a shabbos meal or at a wedding and you really liked them a lot and you started hitting it off and then you went on a date and you slowly, slowly started to discover things about them. Let's say you found out that your hashkafa is way off. Let's say you found out that there's a mental health issue that they are struggling with that is not, you know, under control or that there was something else that would let's, you know, we could talk about red flags, but that would be a red flag. At this point, you already have developed feelings and emotions for the person. And it's so hard to see clearly now, now take back a step. Like, let's say there was research done. You ask the necessary questions. Now, when I say research, I don't mean like a full, you know, investigative report of their entire life and their family's life and their neighbor's life and their extended, you know, future life that, you know, whatever, you know, we're not talking about going out of the, you know, out of the ordinary, but like asking good questions, asking like, let's just, let me just find out who this person is, what their medios are like, as you said, Let's get those core values, right? Are they good communicators? Are, do we have meaningful life goals? Are hashkafas sort of, you know, mostly aligned? Um, will I feel safe with this person? You know, the person doing the research has you in mind and they want to make sure that you're going to get yourself into a situation that is good for you. So let's say you did all that research or, or your person did all that research for you. Now going in on that first date, you could go in with the peace of mind that if you like him or her, you're good to go. Like really the way it's set up is you could get married tomorrow and I'm okay with it. Like we looked into this person, we looked into their family. They're good people. They're solid. They're, they're warm. They're nice. They've got midos. They raise their children, their children properly. This is who we would want to be, you know, involved with, you know, obviously you don't can't know everything, but for the most part, everybody we asked, Oh wow, that person's amazing. Oh, that family. Oh, they're, they're they just have so much chesed. And you really kind of know all this information and then you meet and then you start to develop, let's say, feelings you feel safer because you're not going to necessarily find something out out of left field that's going to leave you heartbroken so in a way it protects the single it does i thought that you're, you're listing the positives of the show of course there are positives and, and that is one of them um you are protecting and you are protecting feelings on both sides and you know you're giving you're giving the, the girl especially a sense of safety so that that is a positive right I mean, obviously, it's nice to meet naturally, which is why, you know, there are singles events and it's taken off tremendously. I remember my first singles event, I was 
23 and I was invited to a Shabbaton and I was like, this is phenomenal. I didn't meet anybody there who I liked, <laughs> but there were hundreds of singles and I was so inspired by all the other um, who were involved. And there were, it was, it was a major, we're talking a major weekend, like 400 singles, a hundred something staff. It was massive. It was like they do it once a year. So it was so big. I was inspired. And as a single, I started making singles events in LA where I'm from. And it was like, people never had that before for the from crowd. And that was a chance to kind of meet naturally. Yes, we, it was by invitation only. And yes, we got, you know, recommendations from Shadchanim, which is exactly what, you know, the way it should be. So you don't just have any random person walking off the street, joining your Shabbaton that would not serve any, anybody. But I just found it to be so nice to kind of meet in that setting. Cause then you say, Oh, I like this person. Oh, but he's younger than me. Oh, but he's this. Oh, but he's that. But you know what? It doesn't even matter because I see him as a person and I see her as the person. And it does kind of give you both. No, you get like the pre-screening and you also get to meet natural. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so, um, um, so what you're saying is, yeah, I mean, bypassing, I mean, most of these things are to some extent bypassing certain, some of the, um, the early interrogations that go on with uh, regular shidduchim. Um, but um, meeting people at events is definitely a way for um, people to meet more naturally. It's really the only problems exist is when you take, um, when you take that screening vet process that you have in, uh, in regular shidduchim, which is called regular shidduchim, um, where, where things can get a little out of hand. Right. Um, just to kind of to shift gears, although this is an amazing topic and I appreciate your perspective on it, um, I just wanted to get to this last question and then we could discuss anything as is the style of this podcast is just let's let the conversation flow and wherever it goes, it goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so from a guy's perspective, because we know that the seminaries prepare girls probably from like 12th grade, even they're really being prepped, you know, um, from 12 years old. If, if you believe Rabbi Schaefer, they've really been planning in a way, prepping, you know, how often are young teenage girls, or older teenage girls or seminary age girls told, no, 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 don't do that. It's bad for Shadduchim. You can't wear that. So, you know, somebody might talk or they're kind of told to like, go towards this profession. It's better for Shadduchim. Go towards this, you know, um, extracurricular or, or chesed organization or volunteer for this because it's better for Shadduchim. Do you think it's equal for the guys that there were Bayim in yeshiva are preparing the guys the way the girls are being prepared. Because keep in mind, like seminary is this huge, massive, like, like, like bridge almost from the high school girl to basically being in the shidduch scene. This is like her year of self-discovery all at once. She doesn't get like three, four years, you know, typically like a boy might have in yeshiva. She gets this one year of 10 months of like being solely engrossed in hopefully, you know, self-growth and introspection and learning more about yourself being away from home sometimes for the first time um and being in a in an environment that is preparing you to become mothers and wives do the boys have the same i think you can answer this but absolutely not we don't have it to the same extent any guy who answers differently is lying. um where we prepare differently a lot of it's not we're not thinking about marriage a lot of it is just becoming you know if you're in yeshivas you would be learning musr right and but the problem becomes not that you're learning musr a lot of times musr a lot of the a lot of the things you learn in musr and a lot of other types of shirim 
um, can be used for marriage, just being a good person in general, Midas Taivais and all these things. But um, but the problem is, is when that stays in the shear and it doesn't and you don't actually change yourself. Not 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 so much. But in terms of like classes for Shadokan, yeah, I mean, I was in, I'm in, you know, I'm, I was in Shariyasha for a bunch of years, I'm saying. There was, there was classes there geared towards uh, Shalom Bias and Shadokim. But those were optional once a week, you know, definitely more, definitely, you know, a bit more of an afterthought as much as when it did, when it did, like, when the sign was posted that there are classes going on now, it obviously did become, you know, it was talked about because, like, these things aren't, this is not, you know, this is not the way things usually, you know, we, there are, aren't like classes every single day of the week for this. You know, it's, it's once in a blue moon. So, but there are classes. Um, it's just the focus isn't, isn't, isn't on that. The focus is on, um, is on learning in yeshiva. Right. And right. Um, right I'm Again. Well, what is the goal? I, I, first of all, I'm, I, I love Torah. I love Yiddish kite. I love yeshiva. Like I always joke around, like, you know, Hashem, if, if, if I have to come back after this life, please send me back as a yeshiva bachar. <laughs> you know, it just, it's, it's a beautiful environment and it's holy and it's spiritual. And, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. And if anybody's going on that path and this is what they, they want for themselves to be a short-term learner, long-term learner, you know, half-day learner, whatever it is, Torah is beautiful. And, and as much as you can do it, do it. Like, I, I don't know who said this, but like Ashmona Esri said with Kavana is better than an entire davening. I guess they tell us the girls better than an entire davening where you're distracted. It's not necessarily, you know, the quantity, it's the quality. So whatever you're doing, you know, whoever's listening, whether you're working, whether you're learning, whether you're learning long-term, whether you're going to go into clay Kodesh, it's all beautiful. It's all amazing. As long as it's your path, your path, everybody's journey is different. And everybody's going to take the path that's good for them. And what we discussed last time, of course, is being authentic, being real, being honest with yourself to choose the path that's right for you. And don't let anybody dictate to you what the right path is. And especially don't let somebody dictate to you what the path is if it's only for the sake of Shadokim. Because that's not going to benefit, for whether from the guy's perspective, from the girl's perspective. You know, if a girl wants a long-term learner and she's told, you know what, that's not realistic go for somebody who's learning short time she, she won't be she won't be happy or the, or the other way or if the guy is told you know be a long-term learner but he himself knows he just wants to go to work or he wants to learn for a few years and then go to work and he's got all these dreams and he's got these business ideas and that's how Hashem created him go for it just be honest you know be real be honest figure yourself out and don't ever like you know deceive yourself others the shadchan because it's not going to help anybody anyway back on track is what would you say if you could right now go back five years and go to your Rebbeim and say, this is what I've learned, like you're going back in the past. This is what I've learned through the dating process. I would have loved it if you taught me blank or if you prepared me in what? Like what would be the, if you could, let's say if there's a Rebbe listening right now and he's got Bahram. And they're in their low twenties, and they're going to start dating soon. What would be the advice that you would tell him to prepare these boys for, you know, marriage, for dating, for finding themselves? Like, what would you say would be a good advice? I would like them well to have told me that there is no real form of preparation. <laughs> <laughs> be prepared to be unprepared. Exactly. Be prepared for the for anything to happen. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I after after five years of dating, do you think? 
I know girls and after and after, uh, you know, married couples, some, you know, some husbands after 20 years of marriage, do you think they know their wives to some extent? Nope. Listening to this podcast will help them a little. Right. <laughs> Maybe a <bit. laughs> like a lot of perspectives from a lot of different people. And I hope that whoever is listening can gain something from everybody. And I know that no matter what, you're going to hear what you're meant to hear. And you could take away. Everybody's going to have a different takeaway, you know, when they listen to this. And which is what makes it so exciting, you know. Um, yeah. But so I hear. So what you're saying is there's no real prep. There isn't. Each first, each each date, each girl is just a case by case. <laughs> it's a case by it's a case. It's, you know, you can't really there's really no real way to prep. I would say you can work on yourself. You know, that's that's really the best form of prep. So that's, that's kind of where I was headed. So now you're t- <laughs> thank you. Sure. So now you're telling the Rebbe, we got to prepare these boys better. And, and I'm and I'm saying this to you because I know you as a person and I know your Midos and I know your character and I know how you date. Because I've, you know, given we've given feedback, you know, back and forth after dating and, and after dates. But and I know that your perspective is not typical for guys because you are so open minded and you are so willing to get to know the other person. And you're waiting for that click. You know, because that's because you figured yourself out. So now, well, you know, I, I wouldn't say I figured myself out. You figured yourself out more than you than you knew it five years ago. Um, I've learned a lot of more things about myself. Can I say I figured myself out? I'm, I'm always constantly figuring myself out, but I right. definitely know more things than I did five years ago. And right. uh, and five years from now, I'll know more things than I do now. Hopefully, if I you know if I stay on the right path. Right, but that's your humility, and that's another essential part about being prepared for dating. How do we teach people to be humble? How do we? How do the rebellion teach the boys? Because the girls naturally, just like their personality, they tend to be more demure. Um, again, generalizing, I know lots of personalities that are not like this. But there is a humility that I, I've spoken to a lot. Almost every, I would say, ninety-eight percent of the girls I've coached and met have this natural like humility. I have one question. Sorry to interrupt you, Mrs. Safa. No, please. The way to test the girl on her humility: ask her how long her shidduch list is. You mean her needs and her wants like that? Correct. Yeah. If she has a well, if they came to my coaching, their list is very short. <laughs> okay. Then, then, okay. This is a girl that's clearly has a lot of humility, but a girl with a long. Right. Life. So, but okay. I'm saying is that they do because it's kind of leads back to what you were saying before that girls naturally will come talk. They want to learn. They want to grow. I mean, the library of you know relationship books and marriage books that I had read before I even started dating everything I could pick up on the subject since I was 15. I was so interested in it. Relationships were very interesting to me. This is something that I've worked on and developed on and used, you know, my life as an adult to, to formulate this, this program and this, you know, way, I guess, mahalach, you could say, of dating and of finding yourself, which is kind of like the first stage. So now you're telling a Rebbe who has Bachram, who need to learn more about how to find themselves, how to know themselves. Marriage is not a hospital. And it's not going to cure anything that you have. It will just exacerbate any bad media that you already are coming into. Right. So we know that. Most of the time. Any, most of the, right. And, and no, any, anything you're coming in with, it's not going to magically go away when you get married. Except one, one thing. You know what it will magically cure? Being single. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing it cures. But anyway, so you want to tell this, Rebbe. The boys need to know more about themselves. 
we need to we need to help them develop into mature emotionally mature human beings so that when they do date it's a painless process it doesn't have to be painful for them or for the girls it is very painful for the girls to go out with a guy she prepared a lot she worked on herself a lot and the guys are super immature or he's just like his meadows are all over the place not saying it nicely <laughs> you know so so how do we help these boys well, the boys have to want to help themselves, and that's that's really the starting place. Because um, if they don't want to change, or if they don't see any issues they have, then you know that's best of luck to you all. You know, nothing's really going to help them out. But so um, the one to tell them is it their family? Is it their rebbeim? Is it their friends? Who's going to be that the chaver? You know. Sorry to have to say this, but no one. It has to be them. They. It really just has to be them now. You can, you can, you know, you can talk about it with them, but it's not, a, it's not a solution. They have to want to. So who yeah. should broach the topic? Like I know when a bunch of single girls get together aged, you know, 18 and up, and this podcast is being listened to all, you know, all types married, you know, newlyweds married for 20 years and dating for six months, six years, 16 years. It's really open for everybody. If you never started dating, you know, great, great to start, you know, freshening up on your, on your skills now, but Everybody could really, could really be a part of this. No, can like you can You had somebody for Shabbos at your house, and you get into the topic of shaduchim, as is it's kind of a common topic. I would say, you know, it's good to right. be well versed. You have to know how to right. debate shaduchim, uh, uh, right? So it's good to be well versed. So let's let's well versed people. Let's help them become more well versed. So you have, let's say you you go to somebody's house for Shabbos, and the topic comes up, and you got boys there who are five years younger than you. Would that be a good environment to kind of give them that, like, okay, guys, look, here's where you're headed. If you don't take a hard look in the mirror, and I'm, and I'm not saying this to be harsh on boys. It, it could be across the, across the board. It could be girls. It could be anybody. We just, we're saying, like, a 23-year-old boy versus a 23-year-old girl. How do we, you know, like, do we share with them? Are we, is it okay for us to tell them kindly, you know, you know, like, just help them. Just say, like, oh, here, read this book. Or, or go to this year. Like, would you feel comfortable encouraging uh, somebody? Um, if I see that he's open to it. Otherwise, otherwise, it's just stirring stuff up that doesn't need to be stirred. Um, but, but if you can tell, if you see in this person, then hey, he really wants to. He's really dumbfounded. He really has no clue what's going on. And right. it's pretty evident of that. Then yeah, hundred percent. You know, you can you have you have a license to do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, just have, you know, he wants help, and you know, go and give him the help he needs, right? But um, if if uh, if a guy doesn't come at you with that same approach, he clearly thinks what you know he knows what's best. And I don't know. It depends, I guess it depends on the personality type a bit. But you know, some people reach like logical solutions through debates. And like, and like, that's just the way they come to terms with things. So maybe, maybe you could, you know, kind of, you know, tell him bluntly like it is and he'll actually accept it. I actually know some guys that are like that, but right. a lot of guys are not like that. And a lot of guys have their own like strong opinions and it really, you know, it's like trying to move, a, it's like trying to move a, a really heavy object. <laughs> and, um, well, and let's, let's say, let's say we could give a few practical tips for those listeners who are very like straightforward logical rational mathematical you know brained which which are many people boys or girls it doesn't matter and this goes across the board i know that we geared a lot of you know the boys perspective which is very much appreciated and i'm sure girls and guys would appreciate hearing 
this perspective and you've given us tremendous to think about. Um, but let's give a few practical tips just for those people who kind of need like talkless. Okay, just tell me, you know, tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. Because let's assume that anybody listening to this podcast wants to learn, they want to grow. If they got to this point of 40 minutes in and they're still listening, let's give them something to have an you know, answer. I, you should call yeah. up Mrs. Suffin and, um, and uh, I think that's a good starting place. <laughs> information below okay but if you're not going to call or email or send in your questions which i hope you will because we'd love to hear from everybody and we'd love feedback and we love questions and we, we hope to get to them and we'll address them in in the next podcast especially if it's something that could you know pertain to everybody but i'll, I'll give a few tips that, that way we know that everybody's going away with something that they could take home with them they could share with their friends they could start a conversation they could bring it to their urbanum they could start a hawk you know let's start a hawk here um fine so before even dating we have people there who want to better themselves they're they're going to yeshiva for a reason they're not just doing it i assume they're going for a purpose they don't want to waste time they want to use this time in their life to become better people to become stronger in their yiddishkeit to be connected to their abam and this is the, they associate themselves in this world right and if you're working the same applies to you too i'm sure you're gonna you know whether it's your minion that you're going to whether it's your Sheer that you go to that you're kovea every single day all of it's phenomenal and just and just keep it up and you have a lot of support and and we're you know we're, we're there for that but what could we tell them let's let's start with like the basic work on your midos pay attention to people around you see if somebody needs help get up to help at a at a meal that you just ate at somebody's house offer to you know, clear the table or to take out the trash, um, you know, work on the things that you now are showing. Wait, there's a maturity. There's an appreciation. Start saying thank you. These are just coming to me as we're, as we're speaking. So I would love for, you know, please, please pipe in any any additional um, ideas. But like, oh, one, you know, paying attention to your surroundings, being an, being an aware person, you know, showing gratitude, which is going to go get you really far in life and for sure in a marriage. Um, becoming more self-aware. Right, being a little less. Right, being having self-awareness is becoming less self-centered. Right, the less self-centered. around me, you know, Jupiter and Mars and Venus—they're not orbiting me. I'm saying, right. they're orbiting the Earth. There are many people on this Earth. You know, and find out what your what makes you tick. Find out where your triggers are. Find out what pushes your buttons. What gets you to respond angrily when normally that's not who you are. And let's try to identify. You know those parts of ourselves that we want to work on and then slowly start working on those things. Right. I think these are there's some really practical, you know, getting to know yourself, preparing yourself for a future that's going to be happy and healthy and, you know, raise a family in a way that you want. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us and giving of your time and yourself and sharing your perspective. Um, I really appreciated all of your insight and your ideas and giving us a completely different perspective i think for many females listening in um any any last words you'd like to end off with any words of wisdom and advice in addition last to what you've already <laughs> hopefully not my last words <laughs> no just you know um sure i mean look i hope uh i hope this uh this conversation would be a help to anybody who uh who's looking for some answers and are you know, want to speak with other people who maybe know a little bit also, but 
are also looking for answers, but they've been looking for answers longer. So they have maybe some more answers. Um, so yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. And just keep in mind, you know, Hashem is not limited. A little bit of a Muna in here, but Hashem can do anything in the snap of a finger. And we've seen miracles happening and it's the month of Kislev and it's the month of miracles. And just like he's doing daily in Eretz Yisrael, he's going to, Amir Hashem, continue and also continue to do miracles for us and send us whoever's looking. I say us, but I like to be inclusive. Um, to send everybody who's oh, we, looking. Oh, hey, no, you too, you too. It's not just the Shaduch and Yeshuas in all regards. Absolutely, absolutely. And Amir Hashem, it should happen soon with ease and with just clarity and just like, you know, the lights of the menorah should give us some illumination into our lives. And so, too, should, you know, the clarity that we gain through finding ourselves. And um, should continue to shed his light on us and to shine his light on us and all of Israel. Thank um, you so much for listening. And thank you for joining. Pleasure once again.